BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm very excited today to be joined by Tinks. And we've just been catching up and meeting and I'm fascinated by you. Well, we both preach the same thing. And when I was looking through everything today and I've looked at your book, um, read your book, The Shift, and I really believe in that too, that just mindset is key. And I love your sense of humor because it reminds me so much of how I deal with anything difficult in my life. And yeah, it's that British sarcasm, stiff upper lip, you know, don't take it too seriously. I know I sound super American, but I was raised in London until I was 19. So I do think it's, it's kind of a cultural attitude thing. And sometimes people don't get our humor. I know you have that as experienced that as well, but yeah, I relate to you on so many levels. I think that you are such an inspiration you have the most rich mom energy of anyone ever, which is something that I talk What's about all the rich time. rich mom energy? Yeah. Rich mom energy is, well, so I do, I do this content on my page called Rich Mom Starter Packs, where mm-hmm. I'll talk about a different city. So I'll do like Rich Mom Starter Pack, North London, Rich Mom Starter Pack, Tribeca. And I'll say what car they drive, where they go to coffee, where they go on date night, what, you know, what, what designer bag they have. And it kind of started as like a little satire joke thing. But really when I talk about rich mom energy to my followers, it means it's kind of an attitude of doing it all, getting it done, having fun doing it and, and looking great while you do it. It's just kind of an ad- an attitude and energy and you have it in spades. So it's so great to finally be connected and I'm excited to get into it all. 
Well, you too. I'm, I, I love you already. I actually, it's just something you just said. So rich mum energy. And before you said to me, we were talking about, we're going to go and do one about mindset and oh, so just it's gone out of my head. What were you we saying? I think you have really good self-esteem. Yes. And I think that when you date from a place of having, my book is all about knowing your worth and not settling. And I think so many women struggle with not knowing their worth. And then they date from a place of, of scarcity mindset or desperation, you know, thinking that they're not going to be happy until they're half of a whole and, and that they, you know, they kind of put their happiness on hold when in reality, if you are grateful for your life, you know what you're worth, you won't settle and you won't accept less than you deserve in a relationship, which sadly, I think a lot of women accept less than they deserve and then they're miserable. I think, sorry, that was exactly what I was going to say, because you know, when you when you said that, I think a lot of people confuse not settling and rich mom energy in these words with money and they get confused yes. that you need yes. money to be happy. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've, where I was going with all this. I'm sorry, I'm in the yeah. middle of my TV show at the moment. My head is crazy. So Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Yeah. But it really made sense. So people, when you say things like that, they confuse relationships and being happy with needing money and not settling for everything on your list and and sort of that that would look like everything is perfect so you'd have the perfect house you have the perfect man you have all of these things and all and most people are led by money and I think money actually should be taken out of the equation and yes and and you need to find the right person and not we're, we're saying don't settle for anything less than what makes you happy so the guy doesn't have any money you can make him have money. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. No, I, I agree with you so much. And I think I think that there's like this negative connotation to the word settle as exactly as you said. Like, I'm not saying don't, ladies, don't settle until you have a millionaire. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying wait until you have someone who makes you feel so secure. Wait until you find someone who is has no doubt in their mind about you. Wait until you have a guy who's like, if you want to go start a business, babe, I'm here to support you. If you want to go back to work after after you have kids, I support you. Like it is such an important thing to have a partner who supports you at a hundred and ten percent as a woman. It really doesn't have anything to do with money at all. It's like it's take that out of the equation. When I say settle, I mean like you shouldn't just get a boyfriend or a husband to have a boyfriend or a husband. Like they have to be someone who fills you up and makes you feel incredible. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I, it, first of all, you need to start and, and throw away the list, whatever the list was, because yeah. the list yeah. doesn't exist. And, you know, then you need to sort of work backwards from it, if you have the somebody that that sort of fulfills you in every single way, you will become super successful anyway, because he's given you the totally. confidence. He makes you feel amazing, you know, that you can go out there and do whatever you need to do. And he's, he's got you or you've got him. And that's where I think people think you forget you can't, you can become power couples. Lots of people become power couples instead of looking for stepping into a life that's already built with a man who you're just an accessory to. Yeah, exactly. No, you're so right. And I think that now, I mean, I'm really hopeful for this moment in time where I feel like women are kind of waking up and saying like, okay, I don't need to just get married to be married. Like it should be worth it. It should be a relationship that like makes me feel happy and fulfilled. And and it's, it's not just like an aspirational thing. Like, oh, I just need to get married to have a rich husband. Like that is so not the vibe. And I love the phrase. I don't know what show I heard it on. It was like, marry for money and you'll pay the rest of your life. And oh my it's so God, true. that's good. 
it's so true. It's like, you shouldn't, you just can't chase that. You don't want to be beholden to anyone. Like, I think that what you said is so true as well. You can become a power couple, but the only way you can do that is if you support each other and you, you genuinely have someone who's going to support your dreams and say, go for it. I've got you. I back you, whatever, whatever your dream is. And I think that, you know, it's becoming a lot more acceptable now, both ways, you know, people are sort of forgetting age gaps, both sides. People are, you know, not married. There's so many divorced now that people are sort of happily doing one or two or three marriages these days, you know, and I think the world is And just... I think that that's great. I so mean, do I, I. I don't, I, I always, I always say this to my followers. I say, you know, I, I just think we need to completely, and you're doing it, you're living it, destigmatize divorce. I mean, it's, it's just, you had a, you had a relationship. It ended. That's okay. I mean, I think, isn't that better than staying in something that makes you miserable? Like it's, it, it's crazy to me. I think we can totally destigmatize it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think marriage is beautiful. And I, I genuinely think divorce is beautiful too, because you're saying we made a go of it. It's over now. And we both want to be happy in the future. And this is the path to get us there, which is like so exciting that we're living in this time that we are changing the narrative about things like divorce and age gap. Because at the end of the day, we are on earth for what, 100 years if we're lucky. We need to make it work for us, not the other way around. I mean, you're a lot younger than me. How, I mean, do you feel a lot of pressure now still? Or, you know, how do you be, especially I mean, with such a huge following now, do people look to you as like the sort of bar of, I think I feel a lot less pressure. I think once you get over the initial, like when I was in my twenties, I fully, I felt the pressure. I was like, oh my God, I need to be married by the time I'm 28. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I got there and I was like, okay, I haven't found anyone I want to marry yet, but I have so much to be grateful for. I love my life. I love my job. I have amazing friends. I don't settle. Like, could I have gotten married when I was 28 if I really wanted to? Yeah, I could have married whatever random guy I was dating at the time and I would just to do it. But that's but another question for you quickly. You know, when you say that, when you've got so used to, I don't settle when you're younger, that sometimes that can also put you into a spin where you just, you, you never settle <laughs> because they're yeah, never good yeah, enough. No, totally. How do you know and you're that, not going to fall that's into that? always in the back of my mind. Yeah. That's in the back of my mind as well. But, but now I don't really feel pressure. Like, look, I think you, dating is obviously a numbers game. If you want to find a partner, you do have to put yourself out there, go on dates, date people. And I do. But aside from that, you can't massively rush timing. So what am I going to do in the meantime? Light myself on fire? No, I'm going to have a great time. I'm, I, you know, I'm until I find the person I want to be with, I'm going to enjoy it and be grateful. And, and there's so much to be grateful for. So I, I'm 32 now. I think once I crossed over the threshold and I kind of got over all that stuff, I was, I don't feel pressure now. I really don't. Like I, I feel obviously women have a biological clock. And obviously I'm excited to find the person that I'm going to spend my life with. But again, what am I going to do in the meantime? Be miserable? No, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy my life. And then when they do, when I do find that person, I'll be fully actualized and, and having a good time and, and, and just be so myself. And I hope that that will create a better partnership, you know, because I won't be like looking out of desperation, like, oh my God, who am I going to marry? Like whatever guy is around, I'll just, I'll marry him. Yeah, but I wonder, you know, do you think that because you're an independent, successful young girl, that that also stands against you in some ways that men are intimidated by that? I, I do. I do. I, I mean, I, I don't ever want to dishearten anyone who's listening, you know, if you're a woman to not be successful because there are 
many great guys who are not intimidated by it, but there are a lot who are. And it's funny, I, I was on this like uh, retreat last summer, this like hiking thing, which I did intense but whatever anyway i was talking to this she was like the president or some vice president high up person in the music industry and she lived in new york and she said you know look i'm 36 and she said men like a successful woman for about six weeks and it stuck in my mind and i was like tell me more what what do you mean about that she said for six weeks every guy thinks my job is cool and that it's cool that i'm kind of like high powered and then after that they're like well what do you mean you're not at home like making me a pie what do you mean you have to go to this work dinner instead of hanging out with me so I think it depends on the guy. I don't want to make any massive generalizations, but yeah, I think that there's definitely guys who are like, and, and more than the, more than success, it's like, I think sometimes it's a turnoff for guys when women are so okay alone. And I, I don't have like an ounce of damsel in distress in me. I wish I did sometimes, but I just, I don't, Maybe I just kind of feel like, like I said to you, I, I'm not going to cry every night because I don't have a boyfriend. Like I, I'm very lucky in my life. I'm very grateful. I'm happy. I can have fun, but I'm, myself with my friends and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, but, but again, I think that there's, there, there's a, a right person for everyone. I think there's multiple right people for everyone, actually, to be honest with you. And it's just going to take a certain type of guy. At this point in your life, what would make you just stop and go, this is it? Because, you know, you've obviously dated and you've got, you know, all your funny stories and, you know, the yeah. way you are. So what, what would make you sort of stop in your tracks today? I think the for me the non-negotiables are because I was I I agree with you the list who cares about the list whatever I think I just really want someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously loves to have fun and is very ambitious if I could get those things that would be amazing and I think that that's you know every boyfriend see I don't view it as like again when a relationship ends it's negative every boyfriend that I have gets closer and closer to it and I'm like I think that's exciting. I don't think, oh no, like another failed relationship. I'm just like, wow, I feel lucky that I spent time with this person and I learned something new. I think that's another thing you have to do is like every relationship you have, there should be learnings. Like, oh, I love this aspect of our relationship or this could have been better, that this, that, and the, and the third. And so, yeah, I, I feel, I, I'm like, I'm hope, I'm excited. I, I, I think that that's, that's the way to put it. Like, I'm, I feel I'm excited to meet that person. I feel that's such good advice because the shift, I mean, I, the, the shift is sort of, it's all mental attitude. And I do feel that we're taught that one, you have one relationship for the rest of your life. If that fails, you've failed for the rest of your life. You, nothing's yeah. going to go right for you. And it's just not so. And I do think there's multiple people for, you know, one person. And I do think that it's important for people to you know, know that so that they're not scared into staying thing in things that aren't right. And, and, and to be able to move and to exactly say, I learned that I do feel that learning some, I learned something in every relationship. I wouldn't change any of them because I wouldn't be sat here today. My podcast came out of that. My TV show came, came from those, you know, my children, my husbands, you know, I, yeah. I love my life. I, today, is an accumulation of years of trying to get here yeah. at 40, whatever I am, seven now, 47. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I manifested my glass house and my 27, well, 28 year old husband now, which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, no. And it's, and it's so amazing. And it's just, it, you're, you said it exactly right. It's an accumulation of things and you wouldn't be where you are had you not had all those experiences. And, and like when you, Grow, grow up like I think to me that's what when I felt 
when I started realizing that it was such a relief because it was like, you stop looking at things as success or failure or regret or whatever. You just think that was an experience. And even if it wasn't the best experience, it led me to where I am today. Even if I fell, even if I this or that, even if I made a mistake, it does lead you to where you are. And that is, that's beautiful. And and you have to be grateful for that. So it's like, you know, I've had, you know, bigger houses than this. I've had bigger successes than this, but I'm the happiest I've ever been today. Yeah. And that's, you know, interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, how did you meet your husband? How did you meet? He was in my first ever, well, it was a podcast that I did live in Newport Beach and he was in the audience. Okay. Yeah. On a date. Oh, crazy. (laughs) I went for the first night and you know, what's really crazy though. When he left, I said, there goes my future husband. Really? Did mm-hmm. you? That's mm-hmm. and he touched the back of my head, and that's what I said. And I'm now married and nuts. And I, nuts. I'd never been before. Yeah. He went for one night. I went for one night. But anyway, crazy. But that's the thing. That's why I want to tell people. You know, if you change your mindset and you have a positive yeah. mindset, no matter where wherever you are, which clearly you do, and and it's it's you're happy on your own. The right guy always comes. Always. No one wants 100%. to sit with a miserable woman talking about, you know, her divorce or her ki- how difficult her kids are, how hard her jobs are, is, you know, she's running out of money. She's done that. You know, like p- there are some people just with this victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And it's like and that's the thing. And then also, like, I do think that men can smell that when it when when a, when someone's dating from like a scarcity mindset when they're because I sadly, I do have a couple of friends where they're just like, I don't care who it is. I'm just, I need to get married this year. I need to get married. And it's like, yeah, but then when you go on a date, guys can tell that you're just basically interviewing them. And it's like, that's when you get those, those shaky bonds between people where, you know, people are settling and they're making decisions out of desperation. That's not good. But it's like, it's exactly what you said. It's like having an open mindset because there are people like, I know it's cheesy, but I always think of the, like the love actually line, like love actually is all around. Like your next, love of your life could be in the supermarket next to you today. The next love of your life could be, you know, touching the back of your head at a podcast randomly, like whatever, like you just have to have an open mindset and be, and, and think like they could be literally anywhere. And that's exciting. And actually it's really exciting. And actually you're right. A supermarket is probably where he is versus a nightclub or a bar at God knows what o'clock. So I always say that to my girlfriends. I'm like, think a little bit differently you know, what, yeah. go to nice restaurants. Sure. But like, honestly, go to the park, walk your dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I get, I get that people are tired of the apps. I have a really hard time with them as well. I think that they've kind of gamified dating in a negative way because it's like the, it's the paradox of choice. The companies have made it so that it is a, like a game and people have started to go in the apps not as a way to find people, but as a way to validate their existence. Because especially men will go on there and they'll go, oh, I just want to be liked by as many pretty women as possible. They're not really viewing it as like, oh, am I going to go on a date with this person or not? And it's like, that's why the apps are so frustrating. So many of my girls write to me and they say, I matched with this guy. He didn't follow up. It didn't follow through. And it's like all this flaky behavior because it's not real. You haven't met the person in in real life. So they don't, they don't feel beholden to you. They don't feel like they owe you anything. And that's why it's just such a mess. Like I always say that if you're on the apps, you should put the app, the dating apps next to like Uber 
and the food delivery services because it's a tool. It's not Instagram. It's not TikTok. It's not entertainment. It's a tool. You should go on for like 10 minutes a day, swipe, close out any conversations and put it away. Don't be on there mindlessly swiping for two hours. Like human beings weren't supposed to be in a catalog. That doesn't even make sense. So you need to use it in the right way. But I totally understand why people are frustrated. And I, I, I'm like you, I'm like, go, go in real life, go to the dog park, ask your friend who you like, say, Hey, would you throw a dinner party and let's invite some new people so that I can meet them? Or let's go to this networking thing, whatever, all those, maybe you know, join a dating go to an agency. Art. Exactly. It's just like, I believe in real life interactions because until you meet someone in real life and you, you hear their laugh, you hear the way they speak, you see the way that they carry themselves. You really don't know if you're going to fancy them or not. One of my best boyfriends, he, he told me the story of like, you know, his son got addicted to the apps and going on the date. So he decided to, you know, sort of try it with him, you know, and sort of, and he said yeah. after just to sort of put him off. And he said, you know, it didn't matter how many good dates I went on because at the end of the week I'd forgotten. Didn't matter if I yeah. liked the first one because I'd done, I'd had been on so many dates. I, I couldn't remember which one she was. So yeah. I never went back. No. So it kind no, of it's is. Scary. Yeah. It's really scary. He said, it's emotionless. It's not fulfilling. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's like, it, it's like it dehumanizes people. I agree. No, I, I really do. I think it's just, it's gotten to such a point where nobody treats, there's no respect on the apps. There's no manners. It's not, I mean, it, it's just like, I, and by the way, you, you don't like my, I have had two boyfriends that I'm said no to on an app. And then I met them in person and they became my boyfriend because I, that's how much of a mismatch there is between your online presence. Cause sometimes you see someone's online presence and you're like, that's so cringe. Like that's icking me out, whatever. And then you meet them in person. You're like, wait, you're great. And it's because we, we, we as humans, I don't know if we're supposed to be reduced to like six pictures and like two catchphrases. Like that's again, it's a catalog. It's very bizarre. That's why I'm always just like, go on, say, Hey, do you want to meet for drinks and get none of this pen pal stuff. Because the, another thing that the girls write to me about all the time is they're like, I've been chatting to this guy on the apps for two months. And I'm like, two months, go and have a drink with him. Like, go get a drink. You don't know if you're going to like him or not. It's crazy to talk to someone for two months and not meet up with them in person. It's, it's so really dangerous bad in the younger today. generations too. Yeah. It's, it's just so like, dangerous then, today. yeah, I'm a much, I'm a big fan of in-person meetups and I just think that we, we're forgetting how to do it, but it's really not that hard. Like people have been meeting for millions of years in person, so we can still do it. The thing is also the apps, as you said, they don't teach you chivalry. They don't teach you how to be polite. They, you know, people have got so used to dating two or three women in one night. You know, you're having a drink with one, dinner with another, this and that. People don't pick you up anymore. People don't, you know... Yeah. Bo phone you anymore. It's as you said, it's only text, it's only WhatsApp, and then they're gone. Have you had someone ghost you? Yeah, I did. I did a lot in my 20s, I think, because I was chasing the wrong type of guy. I was just searching for validation. I, I really, really wasn't even thinking, like, is this the right guy for me? I was just like obsessed with chasing the, the un, emotionally unavailable bad boys. And I think it's just really, I think it's really sad. I think ghosting is so it's just like, it's small dick energy. That's what I always say. Like, it's not that hard to send someone a text. And now I'm all about the anti-ghost text. Like if you've gone on four dates with someone, you're not into them. How difficult is it to say, just text them and say, 
hey, it's been really nice getting to know you. I don't actually feel a vibe. I wanted to be honest. I think you're amazing. You know, see you around. It's just not that difficult to do because I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where we're headed with all this bad behavior. There's going to be no manners left. And it's just, I just think it's a lot kinder to, to just be upfront with people if you're not into them. I don't know if in the world, because, of, you know, I suppose with COVID, people have become, they've forgotten how to sort of be around each other. And so many people yeah. hide behind a computer screen today that it is a very scary world we're going into. Because you're right, yeah. just as the apps, I don't think people have understood the difference between life and, and you know, non-reality. You know, I'm yeah. in reality TV as well. So, you know, and I know how fully involved people get into your lives and all of these things. And I just, it is a scary place to be because I look at my daughter and I'm like, what are we bringing them into compared to the way I used to meet guys or, and, but I do believe that the world is, is moves, moving in a better way that, you know, I don't think getting married in, in your early twenties is right at all for yeah. anyone, yeah. anyone. I really don't. I mean, people may wake, make it work and that's great. And the, you know, they're really the exception to the rule today. I think there's so much yeah. out there that we should be seeing and and yeah. doing and even traveling and just this, you know, even this go to work at home thing for people now that you don't have to go to an office. I mean, it just, people have forgotten how to it's interact isolating. with each other. Yeah. Yes. It's all, it's all isolating. And, and it's like all of the apps, all of the new technology is actually, it's supposed to be more of making our lives more efficient, right? But all it's doing is making us spend more time alone. Now you don't have to go into an office. And I, I know that people might think to me, oh, well, you're an influencer. You have a fun job. You don't have to go to the office. But I worked for 10 years before I had this job. And I loved going to the office. I went to the I, office I every to day too. People. I loved it. I loved to put on an outfit. I loved to look nice. I love to, you know, have lunch with people. And even if you have, you know, office drama or whatever, it's teaching you how to be a human being. It's teaching you how to, to, you know, communicate with people. And by the way, I would take a meeting in person over a zoom any day. I really would. I'm just like, I can't, I get, get triple the amount done in a meeting in, in real life. Just the idea of like walking to my, you know, colleagues office, popping my head and saying, Hey, did you do that thing? Let's talk about it. Whatever. Now it's the opposite. All of the apps are now making it so that we don't have to leave our houses. You know, you can have anything delivered to your house. You can have any food delivered to your house. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I love it as well. But like in the, when I was growing up, if you wanted to take away, you would, you know, go down to the shop and pick it up and say, oh, thank you for the food and get it and go away or go to the restaurant. And now it's like, you don't have to leave your house for days on end. And with dating, it's almost like trying to trick us into thinking, you don't have to leave the house. You can just date on the app. And it's like, no, you have to go and meet them in person. Like that's all there is to it. So I just think that, you know, and there's all this, I like articles right now about how lonely everyone is. And I think it's because as you say, we're just forgetting how to be with each other in the real world. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me. And I, I love in real life stuff. So I don't sit down for a minute, not a minute. So, you know, I'm always running around, but even if I was stuck at home, I've got, you know, I've got three kids and I've got people that live yeah. here with me and I've got my husband, but if you're a single woman or you haven't yet got married, then, you know, I can't imagine how isolating all of everything that's geared to your house is. And then the world yeah. becomes extremely scary. And I know women that have also, you know, with 
Instagram and everything else. I, mean, I don't use filters on my TikTok, unfortunately, because my husband does that. But like, you know, <laughs> if you see my beautifully created page in Instagram, you know, people forget like that they're, they're scared to go out because you, you know, yeah. that you don't want people to see who, what you really look like. I actually try and use as little as possible just because I am on TV. So I don't get to filter my face. But, you know, I look at some girls and I'm like, God, like, everyone sort of presents the best version of themselves. And my, you know, the one thing I do with my husband is make sure he sees warts and all because, you know, you can't hold that up. I know it's so important. And that's one thing that I do really worry about with younger girls, especially because they've grown up with filters and they've grown up with like, you know, they know on Snapchat, like they put the beauty filter on and whatever. And it's like, that's not what you look like. And it's okay because that's fake and no one looks like that. But it's like, it, it's frightening because they think that that is how everybody looks and that's how they should look. And it's unrealistic, of course. And that's really scary because I mean, for me, it's like, I didn't grow up with social media. So, and I feel lucky for that. I feel so lucky that I didn't have Instagram until I was like in my twenties and whatever. And then you, you know, the filters and all that stuff came after that. But it's really, really hard. It's really, really, really hard for younger girls because they just feel so much pressure. And and that's all they know. That's all they know is like the filters. It's scary. I think you said well, the key to everything is sort of knowing yourself and being comfortable with yourself and yeah. making yourself happy. But you know what? I didn't know myself till I probably hit late 30s, 40s. 40s yeah. have been my best years ever because I really don't care. So I wonder how you can give that kind of confidence to a younger girl, because most women don't find it till they hit 40 or hit their stride. I mean, you know, you're talking about it, but do you really know who you are at this stage? I think I do. I mean, I think that that was really why I wanted to write the book is because I felt like not that my 20s were a waste by any means, because as we were saying before, everything, everything is an experience and you grow and you learn from it. But I just spent all of my twenties, so focused on like, Oh my God, do I look okay? I'm not, I don't have, I'm not as skinny as I want to be. I don't have the body I want to be. I don't have the boyfriend I want. You know, I'm not going to be happy until I have a boyfriend and I have a perfect body and all that stuff. And then when I got to 30, I was just like, who cares? Like it's, it, it starts with you and, and your self-esteem and your self-worth. And if you live from a place of knowing your worth, you will become so happy. It's just like these simple mindset shifts. It's as simple as going from, oh my God, does he like me? Does he like me? To do I like him? Do I even like him? Like it's as simple as those mindset shifts. And it really, really does help you. So yeah, I, I think I think I, I I do know myself, maybe not completely, but but definitely feel like I have a strong sense of self. And that's really what I want to give to everyone who reads the book is just like, start from you. You have to be your own best friend and, and stick up for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. I think sticking up for yourself is key and not being told that you are necessarily wrong. And I think when you're younger, you're so led by people who are telling you which way to go. And actually, um, when you fail, even if you fail, those are the best lessons you'll ever have. And I think being able to fail is one of the biggest lessons you'll ever be best lessons you can ever have. And, and I would always say to people, don't mollycoddle or don't, you know, let people fall because that's yeah. the only way you'll learn. The only way. Yeah, no, completely. And I think, I think you really find out who you are when you fail, because it's like, it's easy when everything's going well to be 
it's it's easy, obviously. But when you fail is like when your true character comes out. And it's also when you find out who your real friends are, what you're made of, all that important stuff. I really, really agree with you. Failure is so important. It's like fail early and fail often. That's the saying. It's just like you really, that's when you you have growth. You don't really grow when things are going well, when everything is amazing because you're just like skating on by. But no, failure is so important. And I feel like a lot of these things come as well. Like, I mean, for me, when I got divorced, I lost a lot of friends. I lost, I had a lot of judgment. And I stuck, it was really hard, but I stuck to it because in my head, I was happy. It wasn't about anybody else. And I don't owe it to anybody else. And I'm so glad now that I've come the others through the other side, even though, even if I lost a lot of friends on the way, or I lost, you know, I had a complete life change that I pushed myself to do it because I'm far happier this side. And I think learning so to, happy now. Yeah. yeah, learning to really understand and listen to yourself, even though obviously you're not sure it's the right move, but there is no wrong move if you're, to, if you're finding your happiness the other side. There's no bad move. Yeah. And that's the point. I think that's what we haven't told each other. There's nothing, there's nothing you could do that's so bad and it's not get outable or solvable if you're happier 100%. the other side. 100%. You have to advocate for your future happiness. And sometimes that means a, t- a hard decision in the short term. It's like, what's that phrase that's like hard decision in the short term, easy life, easy decision in the short term, hard life. And it's so true. Like sometimes it takes, you know, six months of like complete shit. But then on the other side is like, a way better life of happiness and joy and all that stuff. And you just have to trust yourself and kind of grit through it and think, okay, I'm advocating for my future happiness and it's going to suck for a little bit and then it's going to be worth it. And so many people don't have the, the for the kind of personal fortitude to do that. And that's again, what I really hope people get from the book is like, you have to be strong. You have to be your own best friend and advocate because no one is going to make that decision for you. No one. In fact, you know, and whatever the decision is that you're taking, be it your divorce, be it getting married, be it jumping shit, be it dumping someone, it doesn't matter what it is. The same thing. Trust yourself. Listen to yourself because, you know, no one knows you like you do. And I've always said that, you know, other people could have different reasons for not wanting you to follow that path. And yeah, most of them so are normally true. selfish. And so it's really key, even if you lose your friends or people in on the way to stick to what you believe. If you believe it's right, then it norm, almost always is. It just is. hundred percent. Yeah. And so much of how people treat you is a projection of stuff that's going on inside of them, whether they're being judgmental to you, whether they abandon you as a friend, whether, you know, they're telling you not to take a risk. It's 99% of the time, it's a projection of their own issues inside. And you really have to keep that top of mind because you can get so, you know, you can take things personally. If someone's, you know, bitchy to you, nine times out of 10, they're jealous of you. If someone is, you know, abandons you, they're, they're not on the same level as you. Like you kind of have to really know who you are in those moments because otherwise you can't take things personally and it can really affect you. But people just project. Well, Tinks, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on Divorce so Not wonderful. Dead. I've really Thank enjoyed it. Thank you so it. much for having me. Um, You're such an icon. Oh, I adore so you. you. Thank you.
Thank you. Please tell everybody how they can find you and to come to your podcast and tell them everything yes. Tinks World. I have a podcast. It's me, Tinks, and I am Tinks everywhere. T-I-N-X on Instagram and TikTok and my book, The Shift, available now. So thank you. So I hope everyone loves it. Yes. And it's for, I mean, I, I think all young girls should get this book because I think it's so important to learn just to have the correct mindset. So thank you, Tinks. It's been amazing. Loved meeting you. Thank you for you. having me. Nice to meet you guys. And you. Bye, Dave. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. <laughs>